Hello, time travelers. Welcome to the Aging Journey podcast, an actual play podcast where we go back in time and play RP games themed around time and growing up in a variety of systems. I am your game master, Tanya, and this is The Red Bridge, a children's fantasy adventure using the kids on bike system inspired by works such as The Phantom Tollbooth, Alice in Wonderland, Jumanji, and The Wizard of Oz. We are playing Kids on Bikes, a tabletop role-playing game that allows players to explore a mysterious and supernatural world set in a small town during the 1980s and 90s. Our players embody characteristics called tropes and roll dice based on their brains, brawn, fight, flight, charm, and grit. The higher the stat, the better their skill. Each player has a top stat where they roll a d20 and a bottom stat where they roll a d4. In this game, dice explode, where if you roll the maximum on a die, you get to roll again, infinitum. Our players for this campaign were made from scratch, and tropes are custom. There may be mature content depicted in our gameplay, but the players and I are using safety tools, and all content warnings will be in the description below. You can listen to the audio of the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, or the Aging Journey website, or watch it on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter, join our Discord, or support us on Patreon. All links will be in the description. Also, don't forget to subscribe. Well, I think that wraps up the spiel. Enjoy the journey. The year is 1996. The melodies of the Spice Girls fill the airwaves of the radio. Uh, the brand new fads of uh, Hotmail and Nintendo 64 uh, classic, and I think we can all agree, uh, timeless inventions uh, were just released. The Cowboys won the Super Bowl uh, for the last time ever, uh, which you could watch on the family TV as long as you had a, a little black box with two metal sticks sticking out of it, we call an antenna. And if you're lucky, you could also have the opportunity to bring the big screen to your home on a VHS tape. Um, in this era of, you know, Orange Julius, uh, where we all, which we all love and miss, the small town um, in the Midwest is booming as the population grows uh, across the U.S. So we are going to begin our adventure in one such place in the little big town of Shady Creek, two hours south of St. Louis, Missouri. Um, it kind of sits between an open prairie and the city. At one point, it was vibrant and lush. Uh, it had a waterway that ran between Shady Creek and its sister town, Plymouth. Uh, but now the picturesque populated suburb uh, sits in uh, a county called Missawak. This slice of 1990 suburbia is a quaint Midwestern valley surrounded by green hills Shady Creek features five beautiful parks, three family-friendly neighborhoods, a brand new mall, a bustling labor industry, and of course, the pride and joy of the town since its inception, the infamous Crab Apple Harvest Festival. So crab apple trees are stout, bushy flowering plants that bloom beautiful flowers depending on the variety planted. Uh, their color can range from like a dark fuchsia pink to white. Um, and they produce small fruits that look like mini apples, which are sweet and tart. Here in Shady Creek, the town is actually full 
of wild grown crab apple trees. All summer long, they litter the streets and sidewalks and yards with mainly underripened fruit. Even though it's still edible, they're usually bitter. And of course, they don't hold any comparison to the carefully and meticulously garden varieties of the Silver Creek Orchard, which sits smack dab in the center of town. Each year, the orchard hosts a festival to celebrate the harvest that has been bringing prosperity to Shady Creek since its founding in 1925. The festival runs from June 15th to the 18th. It's located at the Shady Creek Fairgrounds and boasts a plethora of activities for the whole family, ranging from tours of their famous antique steam train, the Eldera, live music, orchard tours, confectionery tastings, and Ferris wheel rides. But we are over a month away from this festival. The date today is May 7th, 1996. And we find ourselves in the lovely neighborhood on the southwest side of Shady Creek called The Hills. So, on the corner of the intersection, which many of the neighborhood kids coined the peak, if you cross the road at that intersection, which is called Thermac, we find ourselves at one part of the hills where there are just a few houses that are a bit smaller than the other neighborhood homes. Um, many of them are like brightly colored and they're usually tucked around thick brush and bushes. Uh, this section of the neighborhood is lined uh, on one side of a wooded area called Clem Woods. And among the brightly colored houses on this block, we come upon the Khan residence. It is 8 a.m. in the morning, the first Tuesday of summer break. Bix, if you could kindly introduce your character. Uh, my character's name is Lil Khan, and she usually wears a bright, colorful, tucked-in t-shirt with jeans, has a short, dark brown bob, and wears uh, Chuck Taylor shoes, which houses many different drawn designs. She is 14. Um, verse Tuesday since your classes have ended. Um, so you did technically have yesterday off, which was Monday. Um, that was your first day of summer, but you still had like things to do. You currently are lying in bed. You were supposed to change your alarm um, so that you wouldn't wake up as early as you usually do for classes, but you forgot this morning. So your alarm goes off um, on your bedside table. She, to be honest, she would just sit there listening to it. Like, why is this going on? She would, she would probably just sit there and Hershley, her Labrador, would probably end up barking at it. And she's just like, you need to chill. It continues to do that, and you do hear Hershley, your chocolate lab, barking, but strangely enough, he's not in your room as usual. In fact, your door is closed. Hmm. She, she would get up 
after like a minute of just like sitting there like what's happening now and stand up and just turn off the alarm and go to find Hershley. You sit up, turn off your alarm, and as you hear the click of the button, you also hear something else. A light rustling, maybe of clothes somewhere in your room. She, she's going to look underneath her bed. You check underneath your bed and you don't see anything. But as you look under your bed and look through to the other side, you see a mound of clothes. Perhaps from the last time you went to class, you had just um, like kind of kicked your laundry basket in the corner. But the pile of clothes is shuffling kind of on its own. It's just probably like get down and like grab the clothes and move them. Probably, probably think like Herschel's like underneath there or something. So you're going to go around the bed because it's on the other side of your bed. I mean, yeah, but she, she would honestly just crawl underneath the bed, not caring what's, what's even making the rustle. And was just like, all right, let me just see what this is. Okay. You crawl under the bed to the other side and you begin to move the pieces of clothing off of one another. And you hear a whisper of a voice underneath the clothes as you move it. And it's, they're still kind of like moving. But as you take it off, the very first thing you see are big eyes as they stare at you. These are two redheaded toddlers that look at you in surprise. And before you can even say anything, they just scream at one another, run away! And they both dash up and try to make a run for your bedroom door. Wait, two two toddlers as in like children? Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. (laughs) If you want to try to cut them off, you can make a flight roll. DC five. Yeah, you should probably try and grab them. Just two little children chilling underneath her bed. <laughs> you, you hop up immediately and you dash for the front door and you make it there m- way quicker than they do. Um, and they are effectively cut off. As you were standing there in front of the, the door, kind of like your hands, you know, outstretched and your, your legs outstretched, trying to make sure that they don't get through. You can now see clearly the the that these two troublemakers are the Walsh boys. Uh, these are children of your neighbors. They are identical twins who are the bane of many people uh, in the town, um, but none more so than you, ever since you told them the story of the amazing adventure you had nine years ago. Their names are Kelly and Jeremy. Uh, they see you standing there in front of their exit, and they kind of look at like, each other. And they just go, plan B. So Kelly runs to your window and like uh, opens it very quickly. And Jeremy runs behind him. 
Jeremy dives headfirst out of your window, and Kelly kind of clambers out behind him. And now they are both who knows where. Straight out the window. You know what? She's following them. She's like, hold on. Get back here. You run to your window and you see the the two boys running across your lawn uh, towards the sidewalk. They are quick. Um, Their kind of hands are flailing and they're kind of screaming because they've been caught. Uh, Willow, now that you're awake watching the boys outside, it's a beautiful day. Beautiful, sunny day in the hills. Uh, Now that you're awake, you remember what day it is. And you remember that you don't really have any time to lose. What's your plan for today? She is going to close her window and go ask her dad why the the two boys were just in her room. Because knowing him, he probably let them in. (laughs) You close your window. Uh, Is there anything you want to do in your room before you go downstairs? Uh, she she'd probably like check underneath her bed and look in the small little chest she has to make sure that they didn't take anything from her little secret stash. Mm, excellent. You check your secret stash and it is intact. So far, even though the Walsh boys um uh, will get into your room occasionally, sometimes they will get into your house, you know asking for breakfast or lunch or a little snack. Um, they're, they're the neighborhood's kids in a lot of ways, and, and they're, they're kind of allowed to do those types of things. But um, as of yet, they have never found what they are looking for. Like, what's, what's, what would be important in your stash that would have to do with the stories you used to tell them? She probably would have kept like just just a single bridge okay so you open up your little secrets box and there you see a somewhat tattered but still in good shape even though it's made of pretty cheap plastic but you see a little red bridge so she she kind of just like takes a breath and closes it back up and hides it back underneath all her clothes. And she's gonna stand up, kind of just like look around her room, do like once over, see if anything else was possibly taken and then just like leave her room. Okay. You make your way outside of your room and you come to kind of the opening of your main living area, which is um, a small kitchen that's kind of right in front of the living room that is also right in front of the door, the front door. Every All of the lights are off, but it's pretty bright in here because it's so sunny outside. But your house is empty. There is a plate of cold uh, pancakes on the table that has like a little saran wrap over it. Um, and there's a note on the table. She's gonna go over to the pancakes unwrap and like a grab the note and read it while she like goes ahead and takes a bite of one uh it is a note from your dad and it reads have fun today i've picked up an extra shift at uh, max's grocery so i'll be home late call your aunt hildy if you need anything and that's it and then it just says love you at the bottom. 
she is gonna like fold back the letter how it was she's still going be she just like takes a pancake with her mm-hmm. and she's eating it she's gonna go back to her room and stick the note in a drawer where she has several other notes from her dad <laughs> yeah you're you're used to it at this point this is pretty common you grab your pancakes and Hershley, who has been kind of laying under the table he comes out to follow you um realizing that you're finally awake so now he can have his pancakes um as with you as well um and he kind of follows you back into your room what is your plan for the rest of the day she's probably well first she's going to give the uh rest of the pancake to her surely as she thinks and she she'd probably either call caleb see what he's doing and possibly may just like go to his house anyways and bug him or uh, go into the woods and possibly meet up with uh, Jimmy. Okay. To just hang out. Who would you want to call first? Uh, she, she, she'd probably just like Caleb. Her and Jimmy, I think, would just like go into the woods. They wouldn't call each other. They'd probably just go there and see if like the other person's there yet or not. Whenever they would decide to like, go out and hang out. Okay. Like they probably like talk. They'll probably talk like days before, and then eventually go. Gotcha. Have you guys planned to meet up today at the woods? They probably like discussed while they were at school about hanging out during the week. So like not this specific day, but there's a possibility that he may be there or that she may be there. So like if they decide that they want to try and go there, see if the other person's there to hang out, and if not, she'd probably just hang around. Okay. So leaving the con residence. Um, If you actually cross the road, um, specifically crossing Sheraton Street from the Cons residence, uh, hop the gate of the clubhouse and kind of circumvent the community pool, you'll find yourself among a few larger and upscale homes of uh, a really pretty nice neighborhood. Um, And here we see the Breach resident. Normal, please describe your character for everyone. So Jimmy Breach is a very short, skinny boy with wavy black hair. He has trim features going back to his Italian heritage. Um, He loves to wear like messy clothes. His favorite is either his super croc t-shirt or his happy fox graphic tee. Uh, And then he has a pair of cargo pants, which he wears all the time, that have like the knees all torn and worn out. Um... And when he's not at school or not at home, uh, he's often in the woods and he, you can see he's got like leaves stuck in his hair or a stick in his hand. He's just a very wild mm-hmm. child. Uh, and finding him at home, you would find him probably in his bed just with like all the blankets just wrapped <laughs> around him. Indeed, you are fully enc- encrusted in uh, huge blankets in your room. As well as um, you are being currently pinned down by a deep, purring, rumbling, large feline that is sitting perfectly in the shape of a fluffy loaf um, on your entire face, practically suffocating you, as cats are wont to do. Uh, You can kind of hear the birds chirping from like outside your bedroom window. Uh, You feel a light breeze from the fresh air of the morning. Already tell, it is crab apple season. It's beautiful outside, but as you hear the a lawnmower going, two cents kind of hit your nose as you wake up. 
the earthy smell of like fresh cut grass, and of course, the heady sweet smell of crab apple tree blossoms. How are you waking up today, Jimmy? I think he kind of wakes up to the purring of the cat and then just kind of reaches around it and hugs it to him before like rolling on his side and then slowly kind of like rising out of the bed. Your cat, uh, Grouchy, uh, lets you do this, but the rumbling kind of stops for a moment as it realizes it's been tricked. You are indeed trying to move it. It thought it was getting hugs. Um, And he kind of like glares at you a little bit as you shift the cat and they land uh, on your bed. It sits there and at this point has no desire in any part of the foreseeable future um, to move ever again. Um, and simply stares at you as you get up and get ready for the day. Morning, Grouchy. It just sits there staring at you slowly. What's your plan for the day? Uh, I think Jimmy doesn't necessarily have a plan at the moment. He kind of like sits almost for like a minute, just kind of mimicking the eyes, slowly closing back to the cat, giving a few pets and kind of gets up and walks out to the living room to see if anyone's mm-hmm. home. People are home. Uh, your dad, Daniel, is sitting at the breakfast table. He's wearing a, a clean black suit and a red tie. Um, you can tell he's about to go to work. Um, he has his sleeves rolled up um, so he doesn't get, you know, his sleeves dirty as he eats. Um, he is reading a newspaper and he already has his shoes on. So you can kind of tell he's about to head out. Um, he does work at the DN Bank in town. Um, but he tries to make sure to see his boys before he leaves the house every day. Um, ever since your mom passed, uh, your brother is sitting across from him, um, looking way less awake. Uh, he's kind of brawny and is eating cereal out of a dinner serving bowl. Uh, he's also wearing a pair of jeans and a polo that has his name on it. Um, that's embroidered. That says Michael. And then under uh, or over that is a company's patch that reads Waverly Construction. Your father kind of looks up to you. Hey, kiddo. Morning. Morning. Have some cereal. Yay. He kind of looks over at, at uh, Michael. Pull your brother a, a box of some cereal. Your brother begrudgingly kind of sighs and then just picks up a box and just pours it kind of nonchalantly into a small bowl, eating all over the place, and then just sets it down. Does not give you milk. I kind of like sit down and then realize there's no milk and look over at the fridge like, oh. And then go over to the fridge to get milk. Uh, your your father kind of looks at Michael. Come on, man. You, you, couldn't, you couldn't have made him a, a full bowl of cereal. Um, he doesn't really respond. He just continues shoveling cereal into his face. Um, as you get up to get your milk to enjoy your morning cereal, uh, you kind of look around your home. It is fairly quiet, but you hear a lawnmower, so it must be one of your neighbors. What's your plan for the day? I think Jimmy is going to eat breakfast and then head out to the woods to see if Willow's there. And if not, he's going to he's had a a scheme that he kind of wants to cook up. And if Willow's not there to scheme with him, then he'll start moving on his plan. Uh, You grab your milk, sit back down, pour it and realize there's not enough for your cereal. Uh, he just kind of like pours out what he can, looks over at uh, Michael, and puts the carton in the trash, and just 
starts eating, even though there's not a lot of milk. Uh, your father looks kind of peeved, but doesn't say anything. He just kind of glares at Michael, who, again, at first he, Michael is sort of eating his food, and he can kind of see that your dad's staring at him, so he's, he can tell that he's annoyed. So he finishes his last spoonful of his cereal and then pours the remaining milk from his bowl into your bowl. Oh, gross. <laughs> he kind of laughs and then takes his bowl back to the, uh, the sink. And your dad goes, ah, uh, I don't know what to do with him. Well, I'll, I'll get some milk um, when I go out. Uh, well, I, actually, I, I'm at the bank all day. I, I don't have time. But uh, if you, when you're out today, want to get some milk um, and we also need some bread, he's talking to you and Jimmy. Perfect. Jimmy's just got like a mouthful of cereal. <laughs> you're still eating it. That's great. Um, Michael, you can hear Michael getting ready. He's about to head out. Um, your dad also has to head out. He kind of ruffles uh, the hair on your head. Um, he's like, hey, have a good day today. Don't get into any trouble. Okay. Um, and he sort of, uh, he leaves and Michael leaves with him as, he, as he'll have to drop, uh, drop Michael off at the construction company. Um, as you're sitting there and just eating your cereal in silence, you hear the phone ring. I think he lets it ring for a couple seconds before realizing it's ringing and then goes over to it. Mm-hmm. Grabs it. Hello? You hear a familiar voice on the other line. It's a little deeper, even though he's the same age as you. And it sounds quite annoyed. Hey, Pipsqueak. It's Bale. Bale! Why do you sound so happy to... <laughs> Where's my bike? What bike? only bike I got mine. Well, it was mine. I don't know what you're talking about, Vale. You think you're so smart. But I'll catch you one of these days. You can try, buddy. But a king isn't afraid of a thief. Then I just hang up the phone. The phone clicks, and you go about your day, enjoying your adventure. Moving along from the Breach residence, in the same neighborhood of the hills, uh, right across from Crystal Creek Daycare, we come upon the Madden Talk resident. Trey, could you introduce your character? Yeah, absolutely. Uh- Caleb is your average white Caucasian male, you know, cool, cool boy-esque style with his hair swooped to one side. He usually has a pencil in the back of his ear, you know, just for convenience. And more often than not, he wears a striped shirt with a jacket and probably a sweater on the side. Once again, really the theme of him is convenience. Caleb, you are somewhere in your home. I'm assuming in your room as it is eight o'clock in the morning. What's Caleb up to this morning? He he doesn't gracefully wake up, so I guess the first 10 minutes is him just rolling over in bed or stretching to the point where he can't fall back asleep before he just, like, raises his head up and, mm-hmm. Tuesday, oh, I gotta go. Fine. And he just stands up and quickly heads over to the kitchen for something to eat. You head over to the kitchen, and it sounds like your household is still asleep. As you come down um, either the stairs or around the corner, uh, you can tell that your parents are still asleep, but you can overhear your brother Michael is, is whispering on the landline in the kitchen. 
Um, you can't quite hear what he's saying, but he hangs up the phone just as you come into the kitchen. Um, as you come to the, the little dining nook, you see that there's a stack of pancakes he's made for you um, with whipped cream on the side and a little birthday candlestick um, sticking out of it. And he kind of turns back to you while he's like doing some things in the kitchen as you approach. You got to get wax on the pancakes of this right, buddy. It's your 16th birthday. (sighs) Don't remind me. I'm getting so old. I'm starting to feel like you. Eat your pancakes. Mm -hmm. And Caleb just sits down. So who was on the phone? He sort of uh, looks in another direction. Like he looks away from your eyes for a moment. Oh, you know, this, uh, somebody called out. So unfortunately I got to go in today. Um, it was my day off. You know, I, I had asked for it uh, for a couple of weeks ago, but Danny called in and, you know, I, I really need the repairs done on my car. So I got to go in. He's giving him a, he's giving him a glare as like, he just takes two fingers and slowly picks off the, the look, candle from the pancakes. Look, I, we, I got uh-huh. big plans for your birthday when I come back, though. Big plan. It's going to be cool. <laughs> who are you look you only turn 16 once mm-hmm. it's a big birthday oh man yeah sure you've been watching any of those alien movies you sure you didn't get replaced with someone don't annoy me oh. eat your dang pancakes <sighs> turns around I'm to so do some it. dishes <laughs> you know that this is a day that is pretty important for michael um it's the first summer since he's really kind of made up his mind on what he wants to do. We could say career, but really he's had to make some decisions on, you know, how to bring in more income for the family. Um, and a lot of times here living in Shady Creek, that usually means you need to go outside the city. Um, so recently he's been trying to get his car you know, repaired well enough so that he can hit the road to try and find hopefully a better paying job in one of the outskirts, maybe Plymouth, maybe even St. Louis if he has to. Um, but that's going to be his uh, his goal for the summer. Yeah, I guess as Caleb thinks about that, he kind of like shuts himself up a little bit. He does know it's probably for the better of the family. He eats up his pancakes and uh, it, it looks like Michael's leaving, right? He's yeah. not staying for food himself. You can look around and Unless see that had. it doesn't look like he's eaten. Huh? Um, he already has his work shirt on uh, from family video. And he is about to head out. All right. Caleb quickly eats up half the pancakes and puts the other on the table in front of him. Hey, I'm not exempt from breakfast and neither are you. Parents can sleep in, but you got to do stuff. He kind of turns around and he has a huge smirk on his face as he looks at you. Eat or I'm waking up mom oh, and dad and then you got to deal guy with them. now. That's what I like to see. He kind of laughs as he starts eating the pancakes. Don't do anything stupid or, you know, do something stupid, but don't get caught. There you go. <laughs> now you know how I play it. <laughs> Caleb gets up, kind of like fixes up his shirt a little bit. All right, I'm going to head down to the mall. I got to grab a few stuff for Simon or probably Luke. Yeah, they're going to need something. <laughs> uh, he sort of turns back around to do his thing and you head out for the day. Where are you going to? Uh, let's take a look at the map, shall we? I'd say probably two options. He's going to swing by Willow's house 
just say hi to the goober or maybe cut through Clem Woods because if she's not there, she's probably in the woods. And then he's going to head over to the mall because he needs to usually. <sighs> Caleb's side hustle, as I like to call it, is he's a secret supplier. He picks up items for people who want them or can't get them himself and he trades them either mm-hmm. for money or other useful okay. items. So every day of the week, he's always out somewhere, either at the hardware store or the post office, picking up items so and trading them. So you're thinking of just stopping by Willow's and then heading to the mall? Yeah, absolutely, because that's okay. where he usually gets most of his uh, things. Are you heading out immediately, or are you going to stay around a little bit? Um, how about the scenic route, you know? He walks a little bit, says hi okay. to a few of the neighbors. Uh, let's say you head out, let's say right now, after eating breakfast and chatting... Um, it is now like 9 a.m. for everybody. Um, so the mall should be open at 10. So you have an hour. Um, so you you head out of your door. As you're heading out, you don't hear your phone ringing because you're already heading down the street. But inside, Michael hears the phone and he picks it up. Yep, Matt and Talk uh, residents. And Willow, you have a... Uh, Called Caleb. His brother picks up. Well, I was just like, hey, is Caleb there? Oh, sorry, kid. Uh, he just left. Like, can you tell me where he went? No. Why not? Because I said so. And he hangs up the phone. Well, I'm just going to have something like, that's rude. <laughs> I'll say that you and Michael have played this phone dance before. Um, Michael's not a big phone person, and he doesn't, he doesn't not like your friends or anything. He just doesn't, you know, he's just kind of uh, uh, not very nice to everybody um, except Caleb. So Willow, probably about the third time you call, he is going to say, hey, I'm not going to pick up the phone next time. So if you want to keep calling, you can, but it's just going to keep ringing. So have a great day, Willow. Stop calling me. And then he hangs up for the last time. And you can continue to call, but he won't pick up after that. They probably just like call once more and just leave the phone mm-hmm. there for everybody while she goes and talks with Herschel, Herschel just to see if he actually means it. And then if not, she's just going to hang up and be like, all right, let's go out, Herschel, and just walk out. Okay. So Willow is playing that game with uh, Michael. Caleb is heading out for the day. And so we will move on to Juke. So moving along from the Matt and Talk residence, we move on to um, a smaller little avenue that's tucked in the back of a cul-de-sac full of other kind of seemingly identical houses that's right next to a small play park. Um, This is the Baldwin resident. Um, Although it's early, so at this point it's about uh, 8.30 for you, Um, The residents in this part of Hills are like most likely um, awake because there's been an incessant noise coming from the construction that's happening at Kids Park that's right behind the houses in this area. Um, M, if you could please introduce your character. Yeah, Juke Baldwin is a uh, slender, kind of slouching uh, teen. Kind of shaggy, dark hair. Right now, he's wearing some torn up jeans and whatever t-shirt he happened to wear to bed last night. His hair is a, a mess from uh, from 
just recently getting out of bed and not really doing anything to it. It is quite early in the morning, um, though you're not sure what time it is because there isn't a working clock in your room. Uh, you do have an alarm clock sitting on your bedside table, but it's blinking. You know, it's blinking like red and it just says zero, 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 zero. You realize that your house must have lost power at some point throughout the night. Um, and usually being this early in the morning, your dad is going to be getting ready for work. But the rest of the house is usually pretty quiet. Um, this morning, however, you're hearing something very different. Other than the loud, incessant drilling noises from the construction that's happening next door, you also hear an angry and shrill voice um, of your stepmother, Linda, who seems to be almost just like right outside your window um, because she is outside and she is yelling at the construction workers. What are you doing this morning as you wake up, Duke? Um. I kind of slowly get out of bed. I haven't actually been sleeping all that well, so I've been kind of up for a little while, um, kind of trying to fall back asleep. But I'll kind of roll out of bed and go over to the window and look and see what's going on outside. Um, as expected, you see um, some construction workers. They are trying to do their best of like you know hitting the the picking up the pavement of the kids' park. They're making some construction um, changes. The kids' park is right, like almost like right behind your your particular house, so you can hear it quite clearly. But not, but the construction, as loud as it is, is certainly no match for Linda, who is standing in the uh, little grassy area between your house and the park, wearing uh, her full length robe and slippers and her hair and curlers, um, and she sort of has her her robe wrapped around her, and she has her hands. Um, across her chest, and she looks very displeased at uh, at this morning ritual. And you can't exactly hear what she's saying, but you can definitely hear that she's loud enough that they can hear what she's saying. Um, and that is what you see out your window. I'm gonna roll my eyes, uh, and um, I'm gonna head out of my room and um, go just down the hall. And I want to first thing check on my little sister. And see mm -hmm. how she's doing this morning. You walk out your room and head down the hall. In the hallway, as you're walking, you kind of see um, your door and then your oldest sister's door, which is open. And you have to walk past it to get to your youngest sister's door, Helen. Um, as you walk past that door, you see that it's open and it's kind of emptied. Um, there's still a bed and her dresser and her like armoire, and there's still like a couple of things on the uh, on the wall, but she's pretty much packed it all up. Um, you know that she is headed to the city today, um, so you you kind of remember that as you walk past, and then you get to Helen's door, which is at the end next to your parents' door, and it's closed, but you don't really hear anything inside. Uh, I'm just going to kind of quietly open it and mm -hmm. peek in. You open it and peek in and the it looks, you know, clean and uh, tidy, just like, uh, you know, Linda likes her room. There's a couple of toys on the ground um, and the bed is made, but there's nobody in it. So you, you would assume that she's up. Uh, she's up in Adam today, maybe somewhere in the house. OK. All right. I, I guess I'll just head down, head downstairs. See yeah. what's going on. 
Uh, you head downstairs, and the first person you kind of see from the back is your sister, uh, your eldest sister, Beth. She's a tall, thin young woman of 18. Um, she has her hair in like a tight ponytail and uh, a face uh, that she wears makeup on. Um, she's wearing like a slightly oversized cropped um, cotton shirt that has like a wild um, pink and black pattern on it um, and acid wash Levi's. She kind of gives you a small smile as she hears you come down um, behind her. She kind of turns around and sees you. Um, you both kind of stare at each other for a moment. She is staring. She's like standing in like the, there's like a little kitchenette area where there's a, there's a window and the window looks out, um, at the construction. So she's kind of standing there with like an orange juice in her hand and like a little piece of toast, just laughing at the scene outside. Uh, she watches Linda and she kind of looks at you. Mm. Do you know where dad is? Linda's uh, embarrassing the family again. <laughs> she always is, man. She always is. Uh, she kind of laughs at it. Um, he's packing the car. Hey, she kind of looks at you. What are you up to today? Uh, I don't really know. Um, probably see Caleb later. It's his birthday. Oh, yeah. Um, that kid. The bad influence. The, what? No. She kind of looks at you sideways. Mm -hmm. Okay. She looks back at the the table and there's quite a spread on the table. Um, There's like bacon and muffins and and toast and sausage and things like that. Uh, Linda is a bit of a handful, but she is a damn good cook. Um, So you guys eat well in the house. Um, But uh, Beth kind of turns back to the table. I got to head out here soon, um, heading to St. Louis. Yeah, I know. Whatever. I mean, it's only two hours away. And you, um, you can handle yourself, right? Yeah, I'm fine. She kind of um, keeps the, the toast in her hand and kind of wraps that hand around your neck in like a half kind of sisterly hug. Um, and the toast kind of gets, you know, crumbs all over your shirt. And then she's going to lead you to the, the breakfast table. All right. And is Helen around? Um, as you sit down um, and Beth sits down to, to eat, uh, your father comes in the door. Helen isn't around right now. Uh, he comes in and he kind of sees you <clears throat> and Beth. And he's going to sit down on, in his seat. And he kind of looks at Beth. All right. Car's all packed. And he kind of looks at you. Uh, what are you doing today? I, I gotta head out to work here in, in a couple of minutes. Uh, not just hanging out. Do, do you know that Linda's out there screaming again? He sort of, uh, opens up a, a newspaper kind of nonchalantly as you say that. And he just goes, yeah, no. And just starts to read the newspaper with no interest in dealing with that situation. Just as that happens, you all hear the construction stop. And Linda comes back into the room. Her uh, fluffy pink slippers, slightly dirty from the outside. And so she takes them off and kind of, you know, cleans them off. And she walks to the table with her robe. Ugh, 
can you believe this? This early in the morning. And she kind of looks at you, Juke. You're not dressed. Uh, I'm dressed. Isn't that what you wore yesterday? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Beth kind of just looks at you and looks at her and then looks back down at her toast and continues to eat it. Well, I think we should head out um, pretty soon here. Um, And your dad kind of smiles at her as they both see the awkwardness on the table. Um, As you're all sitting there and Linda is not sitting, she's standing next to um, next to your dad at the table. Um, Hands again, cross over her, her hand. Uh, Helen walks in much to everyone's surprise, except for Beth's as you look around the room. Because Helen comes in with a full face of makeup, um, rocking uh, kiss makeup, actually. It's like powdered white on her entire face and a, a black street of lightning on her left eye. And she just sits at the table like that's totally normal. Linda looks very confused. And uh, your father is trying to not laugh. And Beth, it just has a smirk on her face. This is the first time you're seeing Helen this morning. Uh, be like, looking good, Helen, and like reach out for a high five. <laughs> she gives you a, a big high five, and Linda looks very annoyed. And she just looks at uh, Helen. What, what, is, what is happening? Where, where did you even get that makeup? Um, and Helen begins to just eat her food. Happily, smiling. Your sister kind of looks over at your dad. Can we, can we go now? And he goes, all right, and closes his, his newspaper, gets up. Beth follows him. Beth goes around the table to kiss Helen on the head. Um, she hugs Linda, and she leaves out. And it's just you, Linda, and Helen at the table. Uh, Linda is standing at the table, holding a cup of coffee with her arms crossed, looking at both of you disapprovingly. I'm going to kind of ignore her. Um, you feeling better, Helen? Um, Helen looks over at you and smiles. When she smiles, she sort of, she's sort of trying to show you her lip. She's kind of like um, pointing at them. And she's like, all better. Um, and you can kind of see that the little, uh, where it was swollen on her lip has gone down a, a lot now. Um, that you can barely notice it. I'm sure you'll scare any, uh, uh, any other bees away with that makeup. She giggles, and she is sitting in front of a bowl of, uh, of nothing at the moment, uh, but she picks up a, one of the cereal boxes um, on the table um, that is clearly one of those like really colorful ones that have no nutritional value, and kind of pours pretty much the whole box all over uh, the bowl and the table, and then she goes for the milk. Uh, and at this point, Linda kind of walks around like, no, 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 no. Um, I just set this table. And as you look at the table, you can kind of see there's like a little lace tablecloth and there's like nice little place settings and silverware at every place. And this is China bowl set uh, you're all eating out of. Um, and so she kind of continues to help Helen um, pour the milk and get her breakfast. After that, um, she kind of looks it up at you. Jacob, I hope you remember you're supposed to be cleaning the garage today. I remember. Okay. I, I really need it done today, um, even though I asked you to do it 
last week. It, it didn't get done last week. So I would love it if you could do it today. How much does this job pay again? Food and shelter. Uh, Dad usually gives me a little extra allowance for stuff like that. Uh, after helping Helen, she kind of sits up and puts um, and crosses her arms again. Jacob, I don't have time for this today. I have an important meeting and I just need it cleaned up. The last thing I need is someone from the planning committee to come in and see the state of our garage. Fine, I said I'll do it. She kind of pats Helen on the, the head. Like, okay, I have to get ready. I am a mess. And then she kind of goes back into her room. Uh, Duke, what is your plans for today? Other than maybe cleaning the garage. Uh, I want to hang out with my two brothers, Michael and Michael. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, I, I think I'm going to start off just cleaning kind of... I'm going to go ahead and clean the garage. I'm going to try to maybe get... The, my my plan is to try to like play my dad a little bit and say that Linda had promised me some extra allowance for cleaning the garage later. So I think nice. I can still make that happen. And is is Caleb like having a party or something later? Or it's just you don't know. I know it's his birthday. You would have to find that out. Okay. So I'm gonna start off in the garage and um try to try to connect with Caleb okay. later on. Are you going to get ready for the day or are you going to wear what you are wearing now? I'm wearing what I'm wearing now. Perfect. Uh, you head on out ready for the day. And uh, there we have it. Our four misfits navigating teenagerhood. The sly fox, the domino, the scoundrel, and the secret supplier. Thank you all for listening. We hope you are enjoying the campaign. Don't forget that you can listen to the podcast on the Aging Journey podcast website, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Links will be in the description below. Don't forget to follow or subscribe. You can also support the podcast on Patreon or join our Discord. Enjoy the journey.